Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos at Equity Bruin. Joining me is Avery at Brave Grapes. Good morning. Greg at Banana Morphs. Anthony Taylor is the Antichrist. And extra grumpy this morning and extra mean, Matthew Hubertson at No Pit Stops. You pissed me off! <laughs> it's not even I don't know what's your deal. You should have like moderated your drinking. Energy. <laughs> like it's 10 a.m. Matt's not online. Matt's actually like enjoying some family time. Gross, he's so hungover. <laughs> I just, you've just been really grumpy, been very mean and nasty to all of us. I think. <laughs> to you, to one person. For whatever reason. <laughs> one individual. Uh, anyway, on today's show, we'll talk about... Is it we'll the non-white about... individual? Who knows? But <laughs> uh, Interesting, interesting. Wow. Going straight there. All right, fine. Uh, today, we have a lot to talk about. This is part three of our four-part preview series for the Pac-12 football season. We're going to talk about the most exciting games on the schedule for the 2022 football season. We'll talk about the teams we want to buy low on, which ones we want to sell high on. Also wanted to talk us through a, a great piece from John Gold, ranking players in the Pac-12. But first, if you have not already and you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. A few people have, actually. Uh, it's really great. I really appreciate it. We'd love more people to do it. So hit those five stars when you can. And real quick, Patreon update. We dropped our deep dive previews of Utah and Colorado on Wednesday and on Friday. Uh, we dropped a deep dive preview on Arizona and Arizona State. Um, lots of fun conversations about that. We talked about whether Arizona might be better than Arizona State this year, if there's a loss on Utah schedule, if there's a win on Colorado schedule. And so, so, so much more on the uh, four corner schools. By the way, when the fuck did we start calling them the four corner schools? Is this new? Like, have y'all heard this before? Heard that. Who's calling them that? I feel like Arizona fans uh, would use thing that. In yeah, it's a realignment uh, thing to refer to Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. They I've not heard this. You before. do know what the Four Corners is, though, right? Like, that's not. I new do. To you. I do. Well, know yeah, what the no four- shit. Come on, oh, this now. is very dumb, Avery. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Yes, we know what the Four Corners, but like. We've never lumped those four schools together and called them the four corner schools. We just well, we've never lumped them together before, so that's why it needed the name. Mm, that's <laughs> I true. Know. I think it's a good way to refer to. Can them. we yeah. just call them like the most recent? Like I don't know, they're the most recent Pac twelve. I feel schools. like just it's call so them... much faster yeah, to say the four corners. Nobody thinks of Arizona and Arizona State that way. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> whatever. It was very. It's very weird to me. They should have called it something else. I think they actually should still. They can call them the mountain schools. I guess. Are, are there a lot of mountains in Arizona? Arizona, uh, Tempe, and Tucson. I think there are, right? People in Arizona claim that they're mountains, but I'm not convinced. <laughs> oh, wow. Gatekeeping mountains from states? It's fucking insane. Uh, anyway, so if you uh, want that content around Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, we also dropped Cal, Stanford, and are dropping Washington, Washington State uh, Wednesday to round out our Pac-12 deep dive previews. If you want all that uh, or you just want to show appreciation for the go- uh, show, go become a patron of ours at notruckstops.com. All right, let's just get right into it. First up... Let's talk about John Gold's piece. John Gold, at by John Gold, uh, is a, a great Pac-12 follow, a longtime reporter of West Coast football, was the UCLA beat reporter once upon a time. 
He's at Saturday Out West now. He dropped a list of the top 25 players into the Pac-12 heading into 2022. Uh, so I, I just wanted to get y'all's reaction to this. I'm going to go ahead and read the top 10 for you, and I want to get your thoughts. Uh, so he has number one, Caleb Williams, the quarterback for USC who transferred from Oklahoma. Number two player in the Pac-12, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver for USC who transferred from Pitt. Number three, the returning linebacker, Noah Sewell for Oregon. Number four, the returning defensive back, Clark Phillips III for Utah. Number five, uh, returning USC offensive lineman, Andrew Voorhees. Number six, quarterback Cam Rising for Utah. Number seven, returning defensive back, Caillou Blue Kelly for Stanford. Number eight, Zach Charbonnet, the returning running back for UCLA. Number nine, TJ Bass, the senior, is it Bass? TJ Bass, the senior offensive lineman for Oregon. And lastly, number 10, Jackson Kirkland, the returning senior offensive lineman for UW. Are there any surprises either in this top 10, Matt, or uh, the top 25 generally, which you can check out again at Saturday Out West? Uh, Any surprises, Matt, in the top 10 or in the top 25? Uh, Mostly on the 25 to me. I think that the top 10 is relatively fair. I actually think the most surprising one is probably Cam Rising. Um, just because the yeah. numbers really aren't there <laughs> from from that standpoint. But you obviously saw what he did to the team last year. So um, I'm glad Caillou Blue Kelly continues to get the recognition that he actually deserves. Um, that's not a surprise as much as it's just like good that that's deserved. Um, my biggest surprise on the whole list is probably Justin Flo all the way up at 11. I, I know that the talent mm. is absolutely there, and I'm not necessarily knocking that ranking and saying that it's wrong as much as the dude's played, a, what, a game and a half in his college career? Yeah. So yep. I, that that's not a lot to go off of to rank him the 11th mm-hmm. best player in the conference. Um, certainly the talent is there and certainly shown a lot in that game and a half, but um, – you know, if I'm going to say that Cam Rising has a small sample size and not a lot of numbers, goodness gracious, Justin Flo is is all talent on that ranking. That is a, a good one. Greg, what about you? Anything surprising? Anything maybe you're even things that you emphatically agree with? Well, so I love the top four. I think that was perfect. Uh, outside of that, I think it's a little less sure of where people should go. I think Rising was a little too high because the same reasons Matt said. I love Cam, but his numbers are not top six court, top six player in the conference. Good. Uh, I also think Charbonnet is too high. Uh, I'm lower on him than most people, but again, not that surprised by it. What about you, Avery? Any big surprises quips with this, uh, this ranking of the the Pac-12 players? Yeah. I don't think Justin Flo should be (laughs) number 11. I think that's crazy. Like, obviously he has a ton of potential, but like is, he ever going to be healthy enough to play a season of college football who knows um i did like a lot of uh <laughs> hyping up for washington state in our preview episode but i'm going to continue it and say cameron ward at 23 is too low i know he's like kind of an unknown and like his production was at fcs level but if you're going to put someone who's played one and a half games of college football at number 11 why can't you put cameron ward in the top 15 Maybe that's crazy. I think that's a little crazy, but yeah. I Cameron also Ward agree at twenty three for those who don't know. Yeah, I also agree that with Greg, I don't. I don't think there should be a running back in the top ten. Personally, like I think Tavion Thomas and um, Zach Charbonnet are like both top twenty five players in the conference, but like I don't. I don't think either of them should be in the top ten. You don't just because you you think that they aren't. Is it that is it because they're running backs or is it because like generally you think this year is a down year for running backs in the league? 
I mean, I think there's just better players in the conference. And also, I don't think there's enough separation between the two of them to say that one of them is clearly a top 10 player and another one's not. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I mostly agreed with some of those things. I think Cam Rising is too high. I'm not sure he's the second best quarterback in the Pac-12, which is what they're kind of implying here. Uh, Trying not to be a homer here, but DTR should not be number 25. Uh, It Mm -hmm. feels like he did enough last year to... I don't know, earn top 15. Um, and then, you know, of course, like, who do you put ahead of him? Well, I'd probably put him ahead of certainly Justin Flo, like you all mentioned. Uh, Eddie Lafuccio, a great player at number 12. I'm not sure he's like that high. He's, uh, I don't know, his, he had some injury stuff. Also, isn't he still injured? I think he still I'm might be I'm pretty sure he injured. has an injury that he's not going to start the first few weeks. I, I can't, I feel like I remember that. So that's another one for me. Tavion Thomas and Zach Charbonne. I certainly, I don't think there's that big of a, bag, uh, a gap. Tavion Thomas is at number 19 of 25 on this list, and Zach Charbonnet is at, I lost it, number eight. Number eight. Uh, I think there's an argument. You could make the argument for either one being better. I think I, I probably might put Zach Charbonnet slightly above Tavion Thomas, but I agree, Avery. I feel like they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty close. There's not 11 players in between no. them. I know mm-hmm. it's not like just running back rankings, but I feel like you have to put them closer together just because they're kind of on the same level. Yeah. Um, and some interesting, a couple, one other thing that I kind of noticed and saw here, two defensive backs in the top seven, Clark Phillips III at Utah and Caillou Blue Kelly for Stanford. Are these, uh, so they have, there's three, three of the top 10 players here on this list are defensive players. Noah Sewell. Clark Phillips, Caillou Blue Kelly. Would you say those are the three best defensive players in the Pac-12? I, maybe. Um, when you start getting down the list, it's like Eddie Ulufocio. It's probably in the next tier below just because of what we've seen from him. But um, that's what stuck out to me. Any other players that you think are missing from the top 25? I'll run down the top 25 super quick for those who aren't able to access. Number 25 is DTR. Number 24, Travis Dye at USC. Number 23, Cameron Ward. Number 22, Brandon Dorless, an Oregon defensive lineman. Uh, number 21, Darius Musau, a UCLA linebacker. Number 20, Braden Daniels, Utah offensive tackle. Number 19, Tavian Thomas. Number 18, Ron Stone, Washington State defensive end. Number 17, Daniel Scott, Cal safety. Uh, number 16, Jacob Cowing, uh, receiver for Arizona. Tuli Tui Pelotu, uh, number 15, USC defensive lineman. Dalton Kincaid, the Utah tight end at number 14. Brent Keithy, another Utah tight end at number 13. And then Eddie Ulufocio at Washington. Uh, and then Justin Flo at linebacker at number 11. I don't think that Brandon Dorless should be in the top 25 over Junior Tafuna at Utah. Like maybe that's just me being uh, a fan of Utah right there. But like it just, I don't know. This list is weird because. I can't decide if it's like projected for the season or like as it stands right now because there's some players that I'm like, oh, it's as it stands right now. But then there's some players on here where they talk about potential. Like Brandon Dorless is one of those those where he's like, he's primed for a breakout in 2022. And then like same thing with Justin Lowe. It's like literally just based off of potential. But then at the same time, like Cam Rising, I feel like he's on there just because at this moment in time, he's probably the second best quarterback in the conference. Not that the season will finish that way. So I'm not really sure how to like evaluate this list. The same thing with like Eddie Ulofosho from Washington. Like he's had a ton of injuries. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how how this list is coming together. Yeah, and certainly if it, and honestly if it is a sort of like based on what they've done to this point, Travis, Travis Dye might not be on this list. He might not even be the best running back at USC. Uh, 
when it's all when yeah. it's all said and done. They've got some yeah. they've got some talent behind him that could absolutely take over some of his snaps. Okay. Any other thoughts about this top twenty five list? Yeah, it's just confusing. There there's aspects of it where it's like this is clearly based off of previous um performance and clearly based off of what you expect out of them in 2022 like i think that's why dtr is so low is i think that he's mm-hmm. expecting a little bit of a regression um but also if you're going on like team impact i have no idea why Jaden delore isn't on this list yeah that's interesting and there's a lot of different ways to define this a ton of different ways to define this greg were you going to say something no matter how you de- define it i don't understand the gaps between the Utah quarterback, Utah and UCLA quarterbacks and the Utah and UCLA running backs. I feel like both of those, like DTR and Cam should be right next to each other. Tavion and Charbonnet, I think should both be next to each other as well. Yeah. I don't think there's a big gap between them, either of them at all. Yeah. For all, I, I will say though, uh, for all the tearing into it we're doing, this is probably a mostly exhaustive list. Like I think these are pretty close to the actual top 25 players, whether you kind of want to argue about the order and whether someone else, maybe someone that is closer to the edge of the 25 and that sort of thing. These are generally probably the 25 most impactful players in the pac 12, right? Whether you're Mm -hmm. looking forward or looking back. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that uh, was that. It was a really good list. You should follow uh, John Gold. He's our, he's our home, uh, he's my homie. I, I don't know. I've never met him, but he's, I'd like to think he's my homie. Uh, at by John Gold. He's uh, he's fun. I enjoy. He's a friend he's a of the podcast. Of, friend of the podcast d- because of the two uh, interactions I've had with him on Twitter. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's let's go on to talk about uh, some some actual Pac-12 football games. We're getting really really close. Only two weeks away from football season at this point. So let's uh, dig into the schedules. And what I want to know from each of you is what's one non-conference game that Pac-12 teams are playing in that you're most excited about? And let's start, you know, if you've got any big lists, like uh, the big marquee games that I'm sure we're all aware of and have circled, let's start with those, and then we can start talking a little bit about, um, you know, maybe some of the more uh, games that are a bit hidden. If you're even thinking about the marquee, marquee games, maybe you're, those aren't that interesting to you. Greg, let's start with you. What's, uh, what are some non-conference games you're most excited about? Well, so, you know, there is the marquee ones, but I honestly... The one that I think, I guess there's Utah, Florida, but the one that I'm most excited for outside of that, and I'm not counting that because I am a Utah fan, uh, is Oregon State, Boise That's State. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Boise State is supposed to be really, really good this year. And this is also supposed to be Oregon State's best year in ages. I think it's going to shape up to be like really fun. Andy Avalos, former Oregon DC, uh, head coach of Boise now. You know, maybe maybe there's some like residual familiarity there from when he was at Oregon. Uh, but regardless, it's a great test for Oregon State. And if they win that game, I think they're on course for a nine win season. And even if they don't win that game, I think it'll be close and fun to watch. So I'm really excited. It's a good one. That's a great one. That's exactly the one I circled. I'll just jump off that and say uh, it's a good test for Oregon State early on. Frankly, uh, it's a it, it's going to tell us a lot about Oregon State. Those first couple of weeks for the Beeblet uh, will be very instructive for how the rest of the season will go. So I certainly have that one circled here. Avery, what about you? Is there a non-conference game that you're most excited about, most interested in, marquee or otherwise, I guess? I don't want to say Utah, Florida, because I'm also a Utah fan, but I think Utah should win that game. I don't okay. know. Apparently, that's crazy to expect Utah to win that game, according to Oregon fans. But like, I feel like Utah should win that game. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but I think they have the edge there. 
Um, and if they don't win that game, I think it's fair to say Utah's not a conference championship contender because Florida is doing a lot of rebuilding. It's in week one. Yeah, it's in the swamp and it's never easy to play in the swamp. But like Utah clearly has the advantage with coaching experience, um, player experience. They have a return, like a lot of returning production. General physicality. Yeah. Like it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a game that Utah loses. Um, so I'm looking forward to Utah not being frauds, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. I think that's the one that uh, is the most exciting to me of, the, of all of the... That's the most exciting one by uh, with a bullet. I know people are talking about Oregon-Georgia, but like I'm not excited by it. I think Oregon will, will lose, and it's a matter of like how much they will lose by. But Utah-Florida, Utah should win. I think they'll be favored in that game. Oregon fans, I think, probably need to look at some of the Vegas odds. I'm pretty sure Utah is going to be favored that in that game week one. I think they're favored by f- four right now. By four uh, at on the Ooh. road, Utah. Utah, aren't they favored by four? Oh, that line moved. Um, I don't know. It was 1.5 before Pearsall got injured. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's right. Um, so, But that might have moved the line back mm-hmm. in Utah's favor. Bet, bet online has Utah two and a half. Gonna go ahead and hit that. Yeah. But that's that's the one that I'm most excited about. Um, I think that Florida is is a good test in terms of talent. Like Florida's talent level is gonna be pretty close to what they're gonna get with Oregon and USC uh, in the Pac-12. It's a first year head coach, I think, under Florida, right? What's his name? Uh, Billy something. Yeah, Billy. Billy Napier. Napier. Uh, like that. They certainly. Well, they he will his first game. That sucks. What a shitty first game. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh's first game was also against Utah. And they lost that game. Um, (laughs) So that's the one I'm I'm definitely sort of circling and being like, this is probably appointment appointment viewing. It's going to tell us a lot about Utah. And and frankly, for the Pac-12, like for conference, you know, (laughs) for for conference strength and respect, they need to win that game. Utah needs to win it. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. If they're going to be the flag bearer, they need to win that game. But especially since we expect Oregon to lose to Georgia, like that's the next yeah. most important game on the schedule. And in that one, especially to me, I think that there's genuine opportunity for a Utah ass kicking, a la Utah Oregon last year. Mm. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity for Florida to turn it on towards the end of the year as well. I think that Florida is going to improve greatly throughout the season. So I think that win could look a lot better at the end of the season. My like big marquee matchup that I'm most looking forward to. I don't know if it counts because it's the last week of the year. USC Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, obviously USC's depth will be a concern at that point in the season, but I think that that's going to be two really good teams, likely on the out just outside of the playoff picture. But I, I think that that's going to be a really really interesting and fun game to watch. Yeah, uh, it's gonna it's. <laughs> who knows where they'll be at that end of the season but the usc notre dame game it's almost like cheating because it's always and it always might have implications and it always might mean something but it but i agree i think this year especially in year one of lincoln riley towards the end of the season is going to mean a lot mm-hmm. uh i'll throw another one out here um and then we can start going backwards arizona mississippi state is interesting i was to gonna me. say that that's gonna be the weirdest yeah. non-conference game yeah it's like on the one hand mississippi state is way more talented they should win that game handily. However, they're going to Tucson. It's a night game. Could get ugly. Yeah. And Mike Leach is I think, there. Yeah, and Mike Leach is there, which is another point in Arizona's favor, I think. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, all of Arizona's non-con games, San Diego State, oh, Mississippi State, I'll North Dakota State, all of those should be in. Good. Locked in. To the <laughs> those those fishes. 
Yeah, it's uh, that that whole slate for sure. I think Mississippi State is the one I'm most curious about. Mississippi State is more talented, but like they're not they're not like Oregon talented. Like they're they're what uh, the third third most talented. It's they're like a little they're a little more talented than Washington is. So like I don't think that the gap between them will be that massive, especially because Arizona has increased its talent level considerably year over year, right? They did lose a lot of players, but those are like players that were not particularly high-level players, and they replaced them with a bunch of Power 5 transfers from like really brand-name programs, right? UCLA, USC. I think they actually did get a guy from like Mississippi State. They got uh, uh, Jaden Delora from Washington State. They, they picked up a good amount of ta- transfer talent that's going to be impactful like this season. So I don't think the gap between them is that big between Arizona and Mississippi state. I bet, um, you know, again, I was like going back to the 2021 college football, uh, the 24 seven team talent composite. Um, it's just a good snapshot summary. I, I think Arizona will be like number in the sixties somewhere, which would be a, a, or seventies. And that would be a huge, um, not even maybe in the fifties, uh, that would be huge for them. And Mississippi state probably like 25, something like that. So like I think they'll the, the talent gap won't be that enormous. And I think Arizona absolutely has a chance to win that game because it is in Tucson. So, but you're right, Matt and Greg, like <laughs> San Diego State, Mississippi State, North Dakota State, all three of those are going to be critical and all three of them I think will be very entertaining. Um so that's going to be that's going to be a blast. Uh any other games, Avery, is there another game on the schedule, marquee or otherwise that you're really looking forward to? Hmm. I like how you think of this on the spot. You didn't know. <laughs> I had two games prepared, okay? Okay, all right. You asked for one. It's true. So I came with two. Good. I was over-prepared. Washington State, Wisconsin is an okay. interesting one. I do not expect Washington State to win. They probably shouldn't win, especially since it's at Wisconsin and it's the second week of the season. But, like, it could be fun. It could be weird. Contrasting styles. I don't know. For sure in that one. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. 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 Uh can't remember did we bring up washington michigan state no we did not it's a good one i think that could be a good game uh no idea what either of these teams will be this year but i think they'll be close enough that it should be a fun over over under 2.5 purposeful safeties taken in that game (laughs) i'm going under but it'll be two three would be like 2.5 is a good line right i think i think it's right it's a great line yeah Oh yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, that's a good one. I, other than that, I feel like a lot of the other marquee, interesting games are ones that where it's like a bad Pac-12 team. Um, uh-huh. You and know, like be so Arizona, great. Arizona State, Oklahoma State. Uh, I think the Sun Devils might get killed. Although it's always hard. I just don't know what Arizona State is going to be like. Like they could be six and six, seven and five. I would not. It would not shock me if they went eight and four even again. And it would not shock me if they, the wheels completely fell off and they went one and eleven. Uh, what if Cal, Cal loses to UNLV? Ah, that's a pretty bad one. Uh, I'm manifesting that. I think that'd that's, be funny. That's week three, yeah. Cal or week, week two. two. Um, Cal UNLV. UNLV is bad. They have always been bad. I think weren't they like pretty competitive last year? They're like they're getting better, aren't they? I don't know. Didn't their coach UNLV. go to a different school? I thought. I thought they had a good coach. I don't know. I don't fucking know about UNLV. Uh, We're not paid to cover to talk about whatever him, the whatever fucking conference. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Marcus Arroyo is still there. He's still the, oh, okay. the head coach. So he didn't he didn't leave. Um, anyway, any other non-conference games anyone's excited about they want to bring up? Colorado Air Force. 
That's going to be a riot. <laughs> That's going to be an absolute Air, no, riot. No, I think Air Force might kill Colorado, I, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> a riot, Carlos. A oh, riot. yeah, that'd be funny. Yes, okay. Um, and then USC, Fresno State. Yeah, another intriguing one, especially early on in the season. Fresno State has a good number of Pac-12 teams on here. Or is it just two? They got Oregon State in week two hosting Oregon State and then they got USC um they got to go to USC the following week so not uh this is some some good moments for Fresno State to try to make a name for themselves here with Jeff Tedf- Jeff Tedford my boy Jeff Tedford back um back in Fresno future Pac-12 team Fresno State by the way I just need to be extremely care- uh, clear that Jake Hayner still honorable member of the Pac-12 <laughs> That's true, That's true. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to conference games now. Uh, there's a game. Is there a game on the schedule that you're circling that you think by the time we get there is going to like be very critical to the Pac-12 landscape or the, maybe even the national landscape, or at the very least will be intriguing? Is there any of those on the conference slate that you're looking at? Greg, let's start with you. Well, last night we talked about it in the Washington State-Washington preview. Yes. I think that the Arizona-Washington State game could be electric in terms of mot- in terms of motivations. I'm low on Arizona, so I don't think they'll really have anything but pride to play for in that game. But Jaden Delora revenge game, and I think Washington State will be on five wins when they get to that game, and so they might need it for bowl eligibility. I think it's going to be electric because I think these might be the two most chaotic teams in the conference. <laughs> That's a fun one. It's not. It's a bit out of left field, but it is a blast. Uh, I thought you were going with another one. This one is mine if you're not going to take it. Um, it's Utah going to Washington State on a Thursday night uh, after a bye. That... That's my game. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take I, it. Go I ahead, claimed that game months ago. Okay, go ahead. Tell us. <laughs> when the schedules came out, I knew that that game would be a loss for Utah because the vibes are so fucking bad. If you look at Utah's schedule, I like to look at schedules with narratives in mind. Uh, Utah's going to be undefeated, or at least should be undefeated, going into week seven when they play USC at home. Um, And USC will probably be undefeated too. So that's going to be a big game. That could be a a big, big game for the conference. And I expect Utah to win that game because it's at Utah. So imagine if Utah's undefeated. They beat another undefeated ranked team. They go into their bye week, and they're like, Fuck yeah, going to the playoffs. Hell yeah, bye week. Turn around, lose to fucking Washington State. <laughs> no shit, that's gonna happen. And it's on a Thursday night in Pullman. yeah, yeah. Like Horrible. this, this game was set up for Utah to lose. Yeah, we talked. And about I've never this. been more sure about anything in my life than we this talked game. about this uh, on the Pac-12 on, in the Washington Washington State preview. But like, talk about the Pac-12 not protecting its contenders. Remember we talked about that? Like that was a thing that. The Pac-12 puts its contenders in the worst possible situation. We knew Utah was going to be a contender like January 1. No, like December 13th, 2021. Like before the season ended, we knew Utah was going to be the Pac-12 favorite in 2022. Um, And now like they put them on a Thursday night in Pullman. That's fucking horrific. Um, that is absolutely not protecting your contenders. And I mean, and I they get are, it. they're protecting USC and Oregon pretty they are, well. They I, are I will protecting, say. Yes. They're protecting both USC and Oregon, um, a lot. So maybe they're thinking about brands rather than contenders, but <laughs> God damn, Utah is, is probably the Pac-12's best shot at a playoff spot. Right. And if they really want, if they view playoff spots as 
critical to sort of the the brand um, and the stature of the Pac-12 and the status of the Pac-12, you protect that. So that's a that's one that I that I also had had circled. Matt, what about you? Is there a Pac-12 conference game that you're circling that you think is going to be critical? The we, we should just say right off the bat, Utah USC week seven. USC has to go to Utah. I'm sure that's one that everyone is circling. But is there other ones that you're that you're paying attention to? Oregon UCLA. Um, I th- I think that this like I-, I think we will know a lot about whether or not is UCLA actually a legitimate contender in this week uh, in this particular game. I also think that if Oregon wins, they pretty much lock themselves up the uh, championship game spot. Like I don't, they don't play USC, so there's a little bit of some weird tiebreaker stuff that could go on there. But if they win that game, the only other potential losses are Utah and Oregon State at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I also think uh, UCLA may they would be coming off a bye, but right before that they would uh, have to host Utah, and that will be a, a pretty big game. If for the narratives for UCLA, if UCLA is competitive with Utah, even if they don't win, right? It's a tight game that we all sort of walk away and being like wow that was a blast that was a fantastic game from both of those teams they go into the bye and then they beat oregon probably says something about ucla also um you know might might actually say that they probably are a contender in the top in that top tier with usc utah maybe oregon but um i think it'll be interesting narratively for both of those teams that's a that's a good one any other conference games that y'all are circling paying attention to greg washington state arizona state That's an interesting one. Tell uh, say more about why I'm paying a lot of attention to Washington State, but like, <laughs> so Arizona State is on quit watch. We know this, uh, but if they don't quit, that game could be awesome because again, Washington State will be fighting for bowl eligibility, but Arizona State will still have a talent advantage in that game, even with all they lost. And last year. Washington State sowed so much chaos in that game, and it was so fun to watch just as someone who enjoys Arizona State failing. Uh, I think we could get more of that this year, although I do think the game will be closer, so maybe it's more fun. Yeah. No, I think that's uh, that's a good one. I mean, uh, really good. Some of the middle-tier narratives of the Pac-12 are super interesting. Um, we talked about this. It's like, yeah, I get it. We have our contenders. USC, Utah, maybe UCLA, maybe Oregon, maybe you know, whatever. But those are generally the four teams that are getting brought up right now. And there's certainly interesting games and we should be paying attention to them. But the middle of the Pac-12 is super interesting right now. Um, like, we just don't know. We five, There feels like there's five teams that could go anywhere from three and nine to like seven and five, eight and four, have really great seasons, ruin some seasons for someone else like that. That's entirely possible. Uh, another one that I have here is uh, is actually the Platy, Oregon, Oregon State, uh, to end the season on Friday night. That one is in Corvallis. Again, Oregon State like could go into that game with like really high aspirations and could walk away with it. Um, so I'm I'm curious about that one. I mean, there's a number of games on Oregon State schedule. I'm curious, right? Week four, they host USC uh, right after the non-conference. That game will be interesting because it's in Corvallis and USC typically <laughs> struggles in Corvallis. And it's week four of the Lincoln Riley era, still pretty early on. Oregon State should be pretty good this year, especially what we're seeing if, if they come away from Fresno State, Boise State unscathed. Um, so I think there's two games on Oregon State schedule where I'm really, I'm really curious about. Any other conference games that you all are sort of like really just eyeing, circling, excited about? What do we think is going to be the sickos game of the year? 
pick a Stanford game. Uh, that's probably Stanford the best. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Cal will be that. I guess you all too. Week 12. Mm. Neither of them will have a quarterback Big at game. that point. Colorado. What's on Colorado's schedule? I mean, they don't. Colorado, Arizona State, maybe. But Arizona State might be like not basement level. God, we, we really should do like a Pac 12 like negative championship game and have Stanford, Colorado play. <laughs> Those yes. are the two teams I'm like, these, these motherfuckers are on. Stanford can't be on 0 12 watch because of Colgate, but. <laughs> My thing about Stanford, though, is that like it's not even about them being bad as much as the Stanford disease. Like they they will infect someone, someone will show up and play like absolute dog shit against them. Like I hope it's pick one, yeah. pick one, Matt. Matt, who do you think on Stanford schedule? Stanford you're Washington. Like, I that, that one I just have like, that, that doesn't count. Be, that could be so gross. That doesn't but count. Washington is not going to be great. So like. I think Stanford's too bad to infect someone right. great this year. I think, I think they're going to get UCLA. Is... <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> UCLA, imagine if UCLA beats Oregon and then loses to Stanford. Oh, uh, man, that would make so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's a good one. That that's a good one. All right. That's fine. I could absolutely I'm sorry see for it, putting that out there into the universe. But... Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, there's no other conference games that you all are paying. We talked a lot about the the conference schedule. I think there's any Pac-12 South matchup between Oregon, uh, sorry, Utah, UCLA, USC. I think will be fun. Um, those three will get to play each other, and I, I want to see who comes away two and zero. If anyone, um, maybe they all split one and one would be wild. Um, okay, let's move on. Let's talk. Uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about stocks. As usual, uh, abolish capitalism, abolish stock markets, abolish the New York Stock Exchange. However, let's talk brass tacks. Uh, what's one Pac-12 team that you think Pac-12 fans should buy low on? Meaning a team that you think their stock is low right now, who no one is taking super seriously, that you think people should buy into at this point? Uh, Avery, let's start with you. Is there a team that you think fans, Pac-12 fans, Pac-12 observers should buy low on right now? I'm conflicted um, on this one because I want to pick Oregon State, but like I feel like Washington State stock might be lower. It is. So I'm going to go with Washington State. Why um, do you think Washington State, uh, why, why do you think their stock is so low and why do you think they could overperform what their stock is right now? I don't know. It just feels like everyone has such low expectations for Washington State. Like you think they're going three and nine? Yeah. Well, tell Jesus me why Christ. they're not going three and nine. What? What's what's, what's uh, causing you to think? Because they probably have the best quarterback offensive coordinator duo in the conference. Okay. Uh, they got some weird fucking vibes. They got Pullman on their side. Matt's mad about the the OC quarterback duo mention. Anyways, Quite. they got That's they got absurd. vibes on that their side. That is an absurd take, Avery. I don't think it is. I feel pretty good about Lincoln it. Lincoln Riley. Uh, He's not an OC. Yes. He's a head oh coach. my dear God. <laughs> Eric Morris was the head coach of Incarnate yep. Word. But he so was he his OC before. He's an OC now. Well, he's though. an OC now. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Don't try to get me on a technicality. He's a new. He's a new OC. I'm just saying. <laughs> but he's an OC. <laughs> and the Anywho. best offense in the Pac-12 in 2021 is returning quarterback and OC. Mm-hmm. I, oh. <laughs> Go ahead. No, keep going. Are I didn't want to interrupt. What? I was I was trying to be good. I, I was trying think... to be nice. I I wasn't Anywho. grumpy. Just just Matt's grumpy. Leave leave me. <laughs> Their stock's really low right now. You in the it throat. is. And I think I think I don't think they're gonna be the best team in the north. 
I don't even think they're going to be the second best team in the North. But I feel like you're going to get a really steady 7-5 and five, at least with this Washington State team. So I, I wish we had prices for their stock, but like I don't know how we'd come up with that. <laughs> I don't know. We but probably I feel like should've. considering how low their stock probably is, and that like I don't think they're gonna go below seven and five, you're gonna you're gonna make some money off That's of this true. team. That's true. Whereas with Oregon State, I feel like shit could hit the fan for Oregon State really easily. So I think Washington State stock is so low because they're losing a ton. Like I think they're yeah. losing a ton. Mm-hmm. I think um their offensive line is pretty scary in like bad ways for them uh we don't know how long they'll keep camward upright defensively they were good last year we i think it's i think if you think that uh washington state stock is low and you think they could outperform that i think you're counting on camward being good um being really really good uh and you're counting on the offensive coordinator putting together a system that negates some of the deficiencies on the offensive line and you're counting on jake dickert being a good enough head coach and a good enough defensive mind to carry over they were a top 35 top 40 defense in the in the country last season i'm counting on a lot of weird fumbles and maybe that's a dumb thing to count on but yeah it's turnover luck, but Let's they were it. really they were really good at forcing turnovers last year you're right so okay that's an interesting one we talked about it in our pac-12 preview deep dive preview of washington washington state you should listen to that if you'd like it's on patreon uh but that's an interesting one because i have them going three and nine i think they'll be bad this year i think they will be tough i think they'll be competitive but i do think they will have a lot of losses but a lot of people are thinking that, so that's a good one. Um, Greg, what about you? What's a team that you're buying low on right now uh, that, that you think teams should fans should buy low on? If it's just in terms of where their win totals are at, I think it's Oregon State. Their win total is still too low. It's at like six and a half right now, which is their floor is six wins, and I doubt they hit six wins. Like I doubt they only get six wins, so that's an easy one. But at Pac-12 Media Day, Arizona State was picked to finish 10th in the conference they're not doing that they're finishing above 10 by arizona state it's a disgusting thing to do it's a disgusting thing to do and you'll hate every second of it but at the end you will have made money should we go by should we go by win totals then that's i mean go by go by your gut if you want to go by win totals you can't well i will say washington state's win total is five and a half you think do you think that's high i'm shocked i don't think that's high i don't think that's high i think that's a good number but i definitely would take arizona state's is six and a half that's high. Yeah, see, like, with win totals, I definitely wouldn't, like, I would take the under on Arizona State's win total, but yeah. Pac-12 Media Day, clearly their stock is very low. If people had them finishing 10th, there's no way that happens So, so by Arizona so State. So I think that... Uh, what? Who do you that, think's worse than Arizona State? Uh, three teams, absolutely. You piece of shit. Uh, Colorado, Stanford, Cal. Colorado, Stanford, oh. Cal. Those are and good. Then, you yes. think Arizona will finish before I them? I also think Arizona... I think Arizona... You know I'm low on Arizona. Dumb. So dumb. Like even if Arizona beats Arizona State, I think Arizona State will finish that's crazy. Just the dumbest. That's that's the bonkers. dumbest little boy. So I need to hear. I need to hear <laughs> from you, Greg. Like why? Why do you think Arizona State? Uh, why do you think they'll outperform their? That, the, because it doesn't feel like everyone's expecting them to fall off and go two and ten or something. But tell us why you think they are going to be better than that definitively. There was enough change in the offseason that I don't think they will quit in week one. And they have enough talent that they should get enough wins that they won't be bottom mm. three. Like, they'll have enough wins that they won't be bottom three by the time There's they quit. 13 weeks. There's 13 weeks. Say they quit, quit in week seven, they have more wins than Cal, Stanford, Colorado, for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. I feel like, I feel like uh, you're banking on them having residual talent from last... They lost... They, they do. They just they straight do. up do. But... 
but they lost a ton over the offseason. Transfer after transfer. You don't have to have very much to be more talented than Colorado and Cal. Yeah. And Stanford's going to be terrible. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a good one. Arizona <laughs> State's a controversial one here. But, yeah. uh, no. but you know, their stock, it feels like, yes, their Vegas win total is probably, what did you say, six and a half? Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. Uh, like, that's, that's high. That's Betting the over on that is insane behavior. No one should ever do that. But I feel like going off of the... Pac-12 preseason media poll is it's a pretty it's good like marker. a good a good marker for that. Yeah, Greg, uh, Greg, <laughs> getting my white guys mixed up. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, uh, who are you buying? Who do you think fans should buy low on? Arizona stock is inflated. I don't care. Buy all of it. Buy that, all of it. You yeah, we've inflated it almost single handedly. Oh no, that's <laughs> not true. They brought in a lot of talent. Um, but uh, okay, well. <laughs> Why? Why? Why should we buy Arizona stock? It feels like it's almost a little too high now, but why do you think we should buy it? It definitely is. It, this is a terrible play. Um, I think <laughs> I think that this is just as this is just as much of a I think that you can actually make a little money in the short term um, as as the buying Arizona state, though. Like, I just I do think that you're still going to be able to get one to two wins above whatever expectations are. Um whether that's four wins or two wins or whatever, I don't think anybody's actually expecting six wins beside you, boy. Um, I I think that they are going to have such an incredibly massive upgrade at the quarterback position that I just I think that they are going to be able to go a really long ways just on that improvement alone. Yeah, I mean, not just quarterback too. It felt like they upgraded in a ton of spots: uh, offensive line, certainly the secondary. Receiver receiver like they they did upgrade their talent like now i feel like before they had like mid-level mountain west talent and now they feel like they have you know like bottle middle tier pac-12 talent like it's on par with everyone else um it's not they're not a complete disaster talent wise so that's a good one i i sort of because i feel like we're inflating them that uh they're <laughs> i don't know i just feel like we're inflating their value a little bit but do we are we in control of the stock market or is it like someone else I think it has to be the someone, broader, draw on the broader like, external forces here. I don't think here. us on our own can inflate it that much because everybody else thinks Arizona is going to be shit, right? Mm, I, I do. Th- I am hearing more and more people really interested in Arizona. David Woods, for example, thinks Arizona absolutely could go, get bowl eligible this year. And I, 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 that's high, but I think that's entirely possible. I think that's in play. But, you know, it's hard because they're, what, what's their Vegas win total? Like two? Three? Two and a half. Two and a half. Um, so, I don't know. Okay, here's mine. I'm going to share mine. You're all going to fucking laugh at me, but I don't care. It's Cal. Uh, I, I think that Cal, Disgusting. I think that you all and a lot of people, where did the, where did the Pac-12 media poll have Cal? Does anyone have that? Ninth. Candy? Yeah, they had him ninth, which I is think, too high. <laughs> I think I think that's a good spot I think for them. you all are think that they're like a three and nine team. I think they're absolutely going to get seven wins. I think that... No, they don't have Chase Garbers, but they are bringing back some talent. Um, they are turning over a lot. Uh, that's absolutely true. And But I also think that we haven't really seen Justin Wilcox have to put together a team from scratch since his first season. Um, do we know if some of his the stuff that he's instilled for Cal has carried over um, with Chase Garbers and all of the other players that they have leaving? I don't know. But they were competitive last year. They went 5-7, and seven, but that was after they started what? one in like four or one in five or something like that. They finished the season like five and one, I'm pretty sure, or like four and two. Uh, and their losses were all very competitive. Like they were 
close, close losses. I, I think that they absolutely, if a few things turn their way, they're a seven-win team, and their schedule lines up nicely, right? It's like, is that, uh, I'm looking at the schedule with the logos. I think it's like Alcorn State or something. I don't know. Uh, and then UNLV, those are two wins right there. They get to play Arizona at home, so that's a, a, a win. They get Colorado. They have to go to Colorado, but like, who cares? Colorado's on 0-12 watch. That's another win. Um, and then they also host Stanford. I think Stanford will be absolute basement dog shit. That's what? Four four wins for me. Like, those are automatic wins for me. That's four. So then they just need to flip, like, Washington State, Washington, um, and, I don't know, Oregon State, right? Like, if they go one and two of those, that's five and seven right there. Um, if they are better than we expect, probably bowl eligible. That is UC Davis, not Alcorn State. That's UC Davis? Why is there an A in the logo? <laughs> Why is there a C in Alcorn State? If you thought it was Alcorn State. <laughs> a, there's a C. I, is that know. really? Are we looking Alcorn. at the same thing? Is that really easy? No, no it's UC Davis. It. I don't know. That's a weird logo for UC Davis, but it definitely oh, is. Because they're, the, they're the Aggies. The Aggies. Yes. But it's no, a bad have logo. But, uh, why does it have a C? Indescript. Is the C like Cal Davis? California. Jesus, what the fuck is that? Anyway. <laughs> UC Davis. They'll but, beat UC uh, Davis, I guess, is the thing I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm just confused as to how, like, so they went five and seven last year, and they got worse. Yeah, like how they're going to be a worse football team, and you think they're getting. Two they got more better wins. at the end of the season. I'm going based. I'm, yeah, I'm going with they, a Rob Bowerin stats here. Happened. I'm going with the Rob Bowerin uh, uh, philosophy here and decaying the first half of that season. That. The Rob Bowerin stats don't account for the Chase Garbers <laughs> effect. All right. <laughs> The Chase Garbers effect is science. The win total for Cal is five and a half, and I think that's crazy. That's pretty high. Oh, I'm going to go bet that right now. <laughs> You're degenerate. Go, go throw a dollar fifty on that, Greg. <laughs> that's right. I, I'm going to do that. <laughs> uh, other teams that we should be buying, that that fans should be buying low on, that you think their stock is very low, that, that uh, are worth doing. We feel like we covered all of them. No. Load up, load up on your Colorado stock, y'all. It is zero dollars right now. You're gonna you're gonna spend no money there. But if you get one win, and you gotta hold that shit. You gotta hold, hold, hold. If you think they're on zero and twelve, watch one win for Colorado gets you your money. Yep. Back. It the stock could not be lower at this at the end of the season. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Their win total is not zero. Yeah, but we're not using the win. We're just making up stuff. What's a win total? Here. What's their win total? Three and a half. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, three oh, and a half. Okay. That's high. So bad. But they're yeah. picked it's last insane. in the preseason poll. They're not picked last hard enough. <laughs> okay? I don't think the public as a whole is prepared. There should be a gap. There should be number 12 gap, number 13 Colorado. That's what we should have. And until we get to that point, you sell on Colorado. You sell because they're too high. They should have first uh, place votes, but for last, like last place votes in the parentheses. Yes. So we see if everyone by consensus gave Colorado last place. Be very funny. No, I mean, you can add up the points. They had 58 points. If everybody picked them last, they should have only had, what, 33? I don't, I don't yeah. know how the points were. That's yeah. way too high. Way too high. You sell on Colorado. Okay. I, here's a question for you all. Will they score more or fewer points than they did in 2021? How many Ooh. points do they score in 2021? I'm you can't say that right without now. having the number ready. What's their point per game average? Like 17 probably because they had a few high scoring <laughs> games. 
Yeah, that's a pretty good guess. They had. I'm gonna go fewer. I'm gonna go. You're gonna go fewer. They had. Why can't I find it? Okay, points. Points per game. They had 18.8. They finished 121st out of 130. Oh, I know ball. I know nice. how to guess random numbers. Fuck yeah. They finished 121. I don't know because they did have. Mm-hmm. It's bad. So high. So you're gonna say lower, Greg? Uh, I'll go lower because I would. Going higher on anything to do with Colorado is malpractice. You can't do that. <laughs> I think they'll stay exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, I think same. it'll be close. The big difference this year is their defense will be worse. Bingo. So they'll score more points per game because they'll have the ball way more. <laughs> That's funny. And the opposing team's defense won't care. <laughs> they'll be playing so many third-string defenses, though. Think about that. Yeah. They're playing a third string offense already, so I'm not. I'm not worried. <laughs> it's even. It's bad. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about teams that you're high on. Uh, sorry, that you're selling high on. Um, that you think fans should uh, get rid of because you think they're a little overhyped. You think the team is a little too pricey to get into the door. That you think is going to be doing worse. That you think will do worse than we're all expecting. So, Matt, you start us off this time. What's one Pac-12 team that you think Pac-12 fans should sell high on? It's got to be UCLA, right? Is their stock actually that high? I, that's the thing that's difficult for me is I don't know. No, I saw them in the top 25 for uh, someone's rankings. The Reggie guy. Is that right? Is his name Reggie? The Fox Sports guy? Oh. Yeah. RJ? RJ. RJ had them like at like 18 or some but shit. Don't, don't, don't listen. He, he always has the most ridiculous list. I think he's yeah, trolling. He's... <laughs> is this just for the 2022 season? Yeah. Okay, USC. I'm I'm selling USC all day. Ah, uh, okay. So explain more. Say why you're they selling are USC. they are so high right now. Like if anything below ten and two, you're gonna make money on on yeah. that stock. So they they are so expected to be ten and two right now. At eleven and one, make the playoff. It is far more likely in people's minds than than nine and three. And I think that they are pretty likely for a nine and three. And you're saying that because Lincoln Riley, first year, that sort of thing. Just like, the defense exclusively. The defense mm-hmm. alone is going to mm-hmm. lose them some ball games. Greg, what about you? Is there a team that you're selling high on? Cal, first of all. Colorado, I already mentioned. Cal? But, um, you're selling high on Cal? No one has Cal? Um, five and a half is too many wins. Why do you have Cal stock? <laughs> I, that's a good point. I never had Cal stock, so I can't do that. However, I have one that is purely narrative-based, and it's not my area of expertise, so I feel... I feel scared saying it. However, it would make sense in the Pac-12 and for Oregon State for the year where everyone expects them to be good to be the year where everything goes wrong. Yeah. I don't I have no logical reason for it to happen. They should be good. No, it feels right. But I'm scared, you know? So like I might I might I might sell some of that Oregon State Scott Oregon State stock just to hedge. Avery, what about you? Are you are you there? You you agree, Oregon State? I'm gonna say something crazy. Oh, I think I'm gonna sell Utah stock. Oh. I think I'm gonna sell Utah stock, and here's I have I have a reason, and it's Utah's schedule. Um, as we all know, Utah plays Oregon and USC, who are, in my opinion, the only other two contenders for the Pac-12 conference championship. And Oregon and USC do not play each other. Also, divisions were rid of this year, so Utah has to have. I mean, I guess it's not based off of record because there's tiebreakers too, but. Practically, if Utah loses to USC, they're going to have a really hard road of getting into the conference championship game. 
um, simply because USC's schedule is fairly easy. And Utah has a few games on there that they could easily lose. So I'm scared. I don't I don't want to say Utah's not going to make the conference championship game, but like it's it's scary. So I'm going to sell Utah stock because I'm scared. So I don't think the process is wrong here. I think that this is kind of similar to my like you buy the lowest and you sell the highest, right? You sell whoever's at the top and you buy Colorado. It does Utah actually have the highest stock though? I mean, I yes. bought them does, pretty low does last USC season. does USC have the higher stock right now? No, Utah has a higher Utah stock. Utah does. Yeah. I think very clearly, I think if you look at polls, everyone has Utah ahead of USC. Okay. I think the only people who kind of think about that are like maybe USC fans or people who are kind of like just only looking at the biggest brands in college football, like super casuals, I think, have USC stock higher because they barely know like Utah. But like everyone who watches college football probably agrees that Utah should be the Pac-12 I feel like every there. serious ranking... Um, like playoff ranking has had Utah above USC. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people who are ranking Utah higher, but simultaneously say they expect USC to win the Pac-12. Also, I bought Utah stock after they lost to San Diego State. So I got in very low. I'm Not like I profit. did. Not like I did because I'm after they lost to San Diego State, I still picked them to win the Pac-12. Just saying. That was ballsy. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I mean, you know, the rationale ended up working out. And I think that's true this year too, right? Like, they will have the most stable staff. They like if you had any faith in any of these coaching staffs to like figure it out, it was going to be Utah's. Uh, and I think that's also true here. Their stock is very, very high. But I also don't feel like I'd want to sell high. Like I don't want to really sell them um, because like I, <laughs> it's just hard. They absolutely could go like nine and three. And that would be dr- dramatically disappointing. Right? I mean, they could Florida. they could miss the conference championship game if they go ten and two. Yeah, mm-hmm. they actually could. Um, so I, I think I'm going to sell high on Oregon. It's hard to figure out with Oregon. Like, it's hard for people to nail them down. But I do think that everyone's talking about them as if they're going 9-3 and three assumed and could go 11-1 and one or even 12. Uh, well, 11-1 and one with Georgia on their schedule. 11 I feel and like 10-2 and two is assumed right now. 10-2 and two feels like the middle ground. Wherever, and I just think that they're going to struggle. It's a first-year coaching staff. Like, again, we've talked about this how many times? Danny, Dan, Danny. Dan, Danny, good old Danny Lanning. Um, Dan Lanning is in his first year as a head coach, period, not just at Oregon, period. Kenny Dillingham, really the first time he's going to get to control an offensive uh, an offensive unit. Uh, his defensive coordinator, Tosh Lupoy, got fired at his last defensive coordinator job um, and is an elite recruiter, but like generally not a good defensive coordinator, play caller, coach. And that's true for a lot of staff, right? Adrian Clem, their offensive line coach. Like, I have zero, like, I am just so low on Oregon's coaching staff that, like, talent be damned, they're going to struggle, and they will look similar. And their schedule's not that easy. Obviously, they lose. They play Georgia. They play BYU Week 3, and I know they should be much more talented than BYU. I'd pick them to win that game, but that's going to be tough whether we like BYU or not, and I know none of us do. Uh, they play UCLA, and again... UCLA, you might say it's probably weaker and might might be fraudulent by that time, but they also might be good, uh, unclear. And then they play Utah and Oregon State to close their season. It's entirely possible for them to go eight and four. Would not would not at all be stunned if they went seven and five. And I'd pick them to go eight and four, nine and three. So you I'm wouldn't be high stunned if they went seven and five. No, Georgia, That's crazy. BYU. That's Georgia, BYU, UCLA, Utah, Oregon State. Those are like all very losable games for me. But to lose all of them. That's crazy. Would be. They, they also play Arizona. No team in this conference loses every game they're supposed to lose. 
but they also play they also play Arizona in Tucson in Tucson they also play Washington State in Pullman like there's five games that I'm like they those are losable games and then there's a couple others where it's like oh these are but weird you could spots do that to be for in. every team in the conference if we're being honest I suppose you could but I but I had the least faith of any co- coaching staff in the Pac-12 this is insane to say because Colorado is there because Arizona State you, is there. You think that do you think Oregon's coaching staff is better than worse than every other coaching staff in the conference? I no, I think I have less faith in them. <laughs> I don't know if, what the distinction is. I have but. much less faith in ASU's coaching staff. Oh, really? I I I feel like Arizona State Cuz I just don't think they give a shit. <laughs> well, I don't understand this at all. So you think that being an unknown is worse? than knowing for sure that they suck. Like, we know Arizona State staff sucks. No, 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 no. I think I think Oregon's coaching staff, we do know about them. They have long histories, the vast majority of no, them. No, they don't. Yes, no, they, they do. Don't. Adrian the two Clem, most important coaches on that staff have zero histories in their current spots. Okay. I mean, but the rest of the coaching staff that they surrounded themselves by, guys who are not good coaches. Like Carlos, I don't want to defend Oregon. Stop putting me in this position. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, if you all are that uh, high on Oregon to say like, I'm hey. not even that high. I'm just like, I just have a brain. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Matt, what were you gonna say? You were. Oh, gonna say I just something. said I appreciate you doing it because I don't want to defend them. <laughs> <laughs> like me and Greg have to bear the weight of. Greg this. is always. Greg is. Greg's an Oregon fan at this point. What people should be doing is waiting until Georgia kills Oregon. And then buying stock on Oregon after that. <laughs> Interesting. Because it's going to be low. Because I think Georgia's going to make them look terrible. Is it going to be low? A lot of people, th- like, I would be surprised if Oregon covers. I think Georgia's going to cover Buddy, easily. Oregon definitely what is covers the line? that spread. Don't care. What is the line? 17 not gonna and a half. 17 and a half. That's cool. oh, they're not covering that. I think they are. Three touchdowns. Yeah, I'm I feel not. Like I'm it's going to be a two-score game. Georgia's covering. People are going to be care. really low on Oregon afterwards. Yes, true. And then you buy the Oregon stock, and even if they're not great, you'll still make money because the Pac-12 sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I get it. I, this is the thing with Oregon is just like they're one of those teams that people have competing opinions about. Uh, that <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't think I'm the only one who doesn't have much faith in Oregon. Um, I, I cannot imagine I'm the only one, but. Entirely possible. Any other teams that you're selling high on that you think uh, maybe get, getting a little bit too much respect? Um, UCLA, Matt, do you want to return to that one? Because you mentioned them. I kind of thought about them. I thought about UCLA, but like, not. I think their schedule is so easy that I think people assume they could, they will go nine and three. Do you even okay, think that is too high for them, Carlos? You're out here saying that like you, there's a world where UCLA goes ten and two, and I know a lot of UCLA fans think the same, and they're wrong. So if that's like the if that's where the stock's at, where people think they're going nine and three, ten and two, then you're gonna sell. Yeah, this okay. is an eight and this is an eight and four team right here. The eight and four team, but this and is I a feel 10 good about schedule. that. Uh, yeah, but like I feel I feel comfortable saying that they won't go ten and two. Okay, okay. I mean, there's three. If we look at their schedule, it's like three easy wins. It's Bowling Green, it's Alabama State, it's South Alabama. That they should walk out of that three zero, and then they get Colorado. So that's four zero. Washington's a toss-up. Utah's probably a loss. Oregon's probably a loss. And then they get Stanford, Arizona State, Arizona, USC, probably a loss, and then Cal. That's We already talked about three. Stanford. They're going to lose to Stanford. Yeah, okay. If you, yeah, if you're, <laughs> if you're into the vibes, being bad, for sure. What is the stock market, if not vibes? That's true. So true. <laughs> That's like, so fucking Stock true. market bros, people that buy stocks, like, act like they're smart and know things, but... 
they're all just like me and they're they just vibrating. look at things and they they make stuff up <laughs> we should have a uh it'd be i wish there was some technology that allowed us to have stock should for, we create that yeah create a stock market or should we make proteins? like a should we make like a committee that every weekly meets to assess the stock <laughs> i mean isn't that what this podcast is we're gonna do that we're gonna like rank we the need more people teams. maybe maybe I think we should do that. That'd be fun. What if we did like a stock watch? (laughs) Yeah, someone would have to update it. I don't know economics enough to know how the math would work out for that. But all right. Any other other team stocks that you're buying low on, selling high on? Okay. All right. Well, then let's get out of here. That was it. That's all we had. Another masterpiece from uh, No Truck Stops here. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Please, again, remember to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And don't forget, we'll have more bonus content throughout the week at our Patreon and throughout the rest of the off-season and into the season. You can find the Patreon at notruckstops.com. But for now, that's Avery. That's Greg. That's Matt. I'm Carlos. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even stonks. Still and thick with smoke So thick it makes you choke The crowd falls in The coffee's kicking And my patience are wearing thin Said I'm lonelier Than a single sax On a quiet city street Things aren't always green On the sunny side of the street